1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: In the middle of the show, I don't know what some fan ate or something, but it it overcame the entire stage. I couldn't fucking breathe. I'm in a spacesuit, okay? Like Dustin, Dustin literally. I have never seen him break character, but he broke character. He's like, we're getting off stage because someone shit their pants. <laughs> it was like,
3: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of 2020. I'm Siobhan Cronin here, as always, with Corey Peza and Benny Goodman. Guys, I'm so excited to return for part two with my dear friend, Ron Chan. If you haven't listened to the first episode, go like and subscribe to 020-D.com. Chaos. We've got the last piece of Star Set joining us.
1: And we keep learning things somehow. Total on, uh, chaos. Episode. Total chaos.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, knowledge I, out know, of every, chaos. every
3: member brings a unique perspective, and that's what's so fun about it. Is like, yeah, the story never end and a, you, you get a different version of what's going on from every Chaos. end. Chaos.
1: I'd say for anyone that wants to kind of hear the the inner workings of Star Set, which isn't something that, that a lot of people get to hear, this is the episode and also the fun tour stories we get to towards the end of the episode, which you definitely don't want to miss. Wild. Yeah, so check <laughs> it out. Here's part two with Ron Dechant.
0: This week on 2020, uh, we have an amazing, amazing guest who last week, if you didn't listen, let me just summarize, does stuff with volcanoes, um, takes takes risks, knows Arabic, um, is from the military... And um, he's super logistically intelligent. Has whiteboards in his basement. Chops down fucking trees. And he happens to be a base player. He fell into it at a much higher level than probably almost anyone, if anyone you know. His name's Ron Dechant. Hi, guy. How are you?
2: Yeah, I'm good. I don't speak <laughs> Arabic.
0: That was a joke. <laughs> uh,
2: that was completely no, no, inaccurate. No, Everything, else. Like Everything like was else was accurate. I, I just got a, I'm your fact checker. I, I need you. To it.
3: Also, pulled. Yeah, pulled the most it's random a, details. And thanks for like introducing yourself to all lie. of us.
2: Person, oh a lie. yeah By the way, that's, that's Siobhan,
1: Siobhan.
3: Yeah, that's Siobhan Cronin and Corey
0: Pays of my cohorts who are also better than me and probably drunk.
1: Working wow. on it.
3: Probably by this point, we've been. I have a very large glass of wine. I'm nursing here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's a B on it. Yeah. Be yourself.
3: Yep. Be yourself. So anyway, back with Ron, who's my dear friend, partner in Star Set, mastermind of so many things beyond even my understanding. And we, we got left. into uh, team stage left. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Brought to you by yeah. V8. Delicious. Brought to you by anyone that'll sponsor us at this point. Well, so, did hey. you know that there's like two
0: full servings of uh, of vegetables in every Two full servings. Oh, in every yeah. glass. I was
2: like, you're holding this big bottle. I was like, I oh, believe yeah. well, no, in that I'm, whole it's like bottle. It's
0: 87 full service. <laughs> do, you, do you love V8? Are you like living on I that? absolutely love V8. <laughs> Is that
2: like staple on your diet? Yes. God.
3: I don't yeah, I don't know about Ben's diet. It's kinda like a snapple <laughs> here, like don't eat all day and then have my V8 juice to say that I ate vegetables. Like and then it's a, a little block bit of questionable. Cheese. And then a block of cheese. <laughs> I love cheese. <laughs> hey, but, hey, so that's, a,
2: that's a yin to a yang. Like if you have that much cheese, you probably need V8 to you know make
0: everything <laughs> work. So, it's a circle of life. Circle. Right. You're probably a bloody married guy then, huh? I don't really drink. I'm just naturally this way. So it's like if I drink I get <laughs> That's when I started burying bodies in the desert and we just need to... Oh. That was I, the 20s of my life. I know guys like you. Ooh, okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Anyways. I
0: bet he does. <laughs> <but> for real.
1: <laughs> One of the things we were saying um, before we before we hopped on is that, um, you know, when when I was introduced to Star Set through Siobhan, uh, I, I had no idea about you guys. I think the first time I saw you was the Palladium um, and Siobhan and... Brock, and me and Ben went to the bar before the show, so we got to meet Brock and kind of hung out. I had no idea what to expect. I don't think Ben did either. We walked. No, we walked. We, with, we looked at each other. And we, go, holy we walked year, side stage. This was oh, this was five, four or five years ago. I think.
3: Yeah, it must okay. have been like 2018. Oh, okay. probably I just said no, specific. I didn't know what
2: tour it was. Was that was Adam in a Cube? Was he in the?
3: Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, Jonathan was playing cello, yeah. and I yeah. think okay. we were okay. in the. So was,
1: uh, that was Vessels. yeah Mm. so we're uh we're standing side stage at the palladium which place been plenty of times before we've a lot of friends and bands to play there Mm -hmm. excited and then uh this this lovely young man brock who i just met at the bar across street walks out and stands next to me in a bunch of hockey pads and (laughs) (laughs) and i was like Siobhan, what the fuck is happening? Hey, <laughs> you had no back. You had no, I had no none, none no. whatsoever. I I listened listen on Spotify. I was like, oh, those this, are the this, those this are is the best shit.
2: fucking fans. No, no, dude, this but you are <laughs> so- a blindfold going into it, and then we're like, here we are. <laughs> oh man, and let like, me you tell you exactly the real experience. Ron. You should be so yes. proud of
0: your marketing right now because Corey and I went in and we're like, okay, first off, we're like the Palladium. Okay, well played. This is a pretty big place. And outside, there's like cool eight, But I'm saying, like, that's a big venue. Like, that's a big deal. And then we came and we're, and we're, we're already drunk drinking beer and stuff. And I, that was the last oh, yeah. time I think I actually drank and got <laughs> wasted. Cause I I, may, I felt like I made such a fool of myself. You I don't say like that it, at every concert
1: we go to. That was
0: the last
2: one. <laughs> yeah, when I'm <laughs> it's, it's Did you come Excuse. on the bus. Did we hang out with you? I, we me. did we actually. But, yeah, we came
0: but, back. But we we were gap. in the
3: really small dressing room that time, <laughs> so it was like really crowded. And and Ben, yeah, Ben was definitely. <laughs> we watched your we watched <laughs> your, <laughs> your,
0: your VIP thing, and Corey okay. and I were like, "There's more people down here than have come to most of our shows." We we're like, "What what the fuck?" And then when you guys came on stage and like you showed up in spacesuits, we had already been drinking kind of backstage a little. A little bit because we were just like oh there's beer here let's just drink more of it we're yeah, like is course. this for real but then we saw the people out there and we're like oh my god this is for real yeah. and then you blew our minds for like the next 90 minutes we we're just like i'm sorry i ever said anything other than star sets the best like that's
3: honestly <laughs> yeah, how i feel I, I, and when I I saw you last time you i felt even more
0: than that
1: no it well, was gen- but- genuinely uh, like we were not expecting it at all and pleasantly surprised well, I and feel also- bad.
2: I feel bad if I had a conversation with you because Siobhan knows how I am on on the road.
0: <laughs> we're not Bostonians. Not too a, busy. We're like, <laughs> not a we're like, fuck type. these guys. They suck. And we're like, <sighs> these spacemen are fucking rad. I uh, I generally, I, I do my
1: best not to be like a punisher, like backstage whenever I, my friends let me hang out. So I, I might have been like, hey man, nice to see you. Um, but Ben probably did something horrendous. I did something I, I horrible. Assume. So
0: I called Siobhan the next day and I said, I'm sorry. because First off, <laughs> I got so hammered and I don't really drink a whole lot. I don't remember how I got home. It was a bad affair. I remember looking at my face, my Instagram stories. And oh. I was, like, filming <laughs> Dustin and his dog and calling him the wrong name. I think I was calling him Ron. I was calling him Ron or something. <laughs> and and I posted it on my story. I think he was yelling at Brock about something. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is personal shit. I should never have posted or filmed. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, horrified. And I called Siobhan. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm sorry for last night. And she's like, oh, you were fine. Everyone thought you were great. You are funny. And I'm like, meanwhile, I think I stole Dustin's dog and ran around outside. And I was like, this is Probably. Dustin's dog. Yeah. Everybody's
2: had Ernie at some point. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> it's, it's not unprecedented. We're all,
2: you're, if you yep. go on the Robustar set, you are an Ernie Wrangler. That's yep. just the way. Absolutely. Every single person, including the friends. So yeah. Ernie loves it. He's a he's a person. He's not
1: a dog. Yeah, I'm glad I get to hang out for <laughs> a bit when you guys came through a little while back. So cute. Together. Yeah, well, yeah. we with the...
2: Well,
1: the acoustic thing was cool. I got to see you guys then, so that was yeah. Fun. Oh, oh, I I haven't showed you guys. This is a debut. This thing right here.
3: Oh, this is a rare occurrence for Corey to actually leave his seat to show us something. This is a Ben move. <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. there, there we
1: go. Oh right yeah.
3: Oh my God, you framed it. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is hilarious. This is... Okay, wait, no, not that Ben. We don't care about yours. We care no. About this Corey. is <laughs> my
1: leftover BLT that you guys signed. <laughs> Cause that's amazing. I had nothing else <laughs> that would work.
3: Wait, is there like it. an old crusty BLT in there? I was about so... to ask.
1: Is the food still? Yeah, uh, no. Obviously, I'm sitting. Sa- no, I-, I cleaned it up.
3: Uh, <laughs> okay. I was saying, like,
1: dude, put that high up. It's gonna get some rats. That's. Not I'm gonna. Good. Uh, I'm gonna hang on to this for about ten years, and then I'm gonna sell it on eBay for four billion dollars. That's amazing. Um, when Dustin so solves awesome. world hunger or something. That, that was, uh, might be that's the, the most you go unique to the YouTube signed and see object. what he's showing.
3: I don't know, Shabam. We signed
1: some cars on that tour.
3: I. that's true we, we. I definitely signed some weird things on the acoustic tour because uh, that was just like the sign anything that people like, would. but that's <laughs> impressive
0: because he has a shadow box and like I would have just cut that out like the styrofoam <laughs> and just like f- matted oh, it all gotta, nice and beautiful you gotta preserve what it was no well he has all of it like that's a lot you can't just yeah. hang that you gotta put it on a shelf yeah.
1: I put it on my acoustic tree, but it's fine. I love that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome.
1: I got to get some LEDs to go in there at some point. You know, I'm working my way towards it. <laughs> Backlighted. But, yeah, uh, that's awesome. Right <laughs> Either way, oh when well, we started this conversation, when I was saying that, you know, just the first time that I saw you guys, and and uh, you know, and obviously I've been a fan ever since, but it was always like, you know, we would hang out with Siobhan, Brock, and Adam, and it was kind of like you and Dustin were always always in business mode. And uh, so I think that what would be really interesting is kind of hear how how tour is like for you and how what most people might think tour is like for you know a rock bassist maybe it might be a little different
2: Uh i think the last (laughs) thing i do on tour is play bass (laughs) (laughs) but hey that's the fun part um yeah i i guess where do i start the tour doesn't start for me uh when we go on tour so tour starts two months, three months, six months before, sure. um, but that should be any manager and co-manager or whatever it is that Dustin and I do. Um, we do a lot ourselves. So, um, yeah, everything starts at far before that to ensure a fun and successful and doesn't miss a beat type tour, all the work's done before you even step foot on stage the first time.
1: Without uh, getting too detailed, like what yeah. what does that look like? What is, if if someone's going to plan a tour? What are like the fundamental things that that you have to start considering two months ahead of time?
2: Depends on what you're depends what you are doing. So, uh, like I said, I think in the last episode, it's the Wild West now. So, um, like today, I'm I, I don't know when this is going to air, but I'm actively working on trying to figure out what's going on on the other side of the world uh, because it's completely up in the air as to what we're about to do. It sounds like Benny's dying.
1: Yeah. He's, he does that from time to time. <laughs> it happens. It
2: happens. <laughs> okay. Um, but, um yeah, it, it, your, your first part of this is, is you typically have a, a team, right? So if you're a, if you're an artist at a level that's presented in most of the rooms that you've seen shows in, you typically have seen an act that has been booked by an agent. Um, you have a qualified and a decent agent, you're getting booked in those rooms or you're at least being associated with the right promoters and the right teams. We have excellent agents and I don't want their jobs. <laughs> their jobs are stressful in itself. Um, but you keep on them. Um, you are talking to them constantly, you, especially when 2020 happened. Uh, the first thing I thought about it other than how oh, the hell are we getting all 17 people home from Siberia was where are we going to go? What are we going to do? We have a spring tour on the books. It's selling. We're selling tickets. We're selling VIP to it. How's that going to function? Uh, What's the next step of that? What, what uh, now, because it's the wild west, what uh, state or what country regulations exist in order for us to put on the exact same show that we intended on booking in the first place? Does the promoter want to pay that much anymore? Is the ticket sales going to change? Is Live Nation going to straight up change the entire dynamic? They did. (laughs) Um, so you're just, your, your brain is always having to operate in that. I'm thinking 10 steps ahead mode and, and I don't always enjoy it. It burns me out, but I, that's what you do. Um, and then once you know, you have that tour or you have that range of dates and you've got venues and you have an understanding of what you intend on, um, uh, doing during that time range, you then have to, uh, you know, it's really when I go and talk to Dustin and say, all right, now, what are we doing? like okay we knew this one this last eight weeks uh we just got back uh late december um we knew it was horizons we knew we had just done a new record so of course that means new songs new dynamic of playing new video content new structure on stage ended up bringing a new member on stage uh corey juba who's excellent and talented and and really glad we got a seventh guy uh, on in the dynamic now which has been the goal for the entire project um but yeah that whole thing happens uh first and then you're starting to plan what's on the deck what's how are you getting all the gear there who's playing what are you playing what do you look like what are you selling what's all the ins and outs and then of course there's a budget and there's a there's transportation there's and then there's people and then there's protocol and then there's Uh, You can go on and on and on and on. You're like you pre-pro this, you build this, you make sure there's a structure, you make sure that people know what they're doing day in day out, and you hope to God nobody gets sick now.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Let me night. let me ask you while you're talking about that, yeah. how much of that was skill that you had from prior experience or, like, what was the learning curve like? I, obviously, a lot of it, too, is branding, you know, especially with Star yeah. Set. There's so much about, like, the packaging and, like you said, the staging, how's it going to look, what's the experience, like, what are all these ancillary things that surround the music and the story? So, like, how involved are you on that front? And was that something yeah. you kind of had to learn as you went or uh, did you have a talent in that?
2: I definitely didn't know it getting into it. So, Dustin... Tip the hat to him. I learned a shit ton from him in terms of marketing. Um, But he also was fearless. It's funny, that's our record label right now. (laughs) Um, He was fearless to challenge the bigger people at the record label because he knew what he wanted and those people weren't necessarily always doing it for him. So I I was privileged to be in the room with him when I heard him in the first transmissions discussions, understanding of what was right and what was wrong. And there was always mistakes. I mean, you're, this is the music industry. There's 17 people trying to knife you, um, so you're you're trying to navigate that, but also get on, get yourself positioned in the right way to be on top, or at least just be able to put your brand forward. Dustin is like the most fair person in the world. He's not going to be an asshole, but he's going to try and get what he needs. So I was learning like that, and it was terrifying sometimes because you're just like I, I don't like. I said it in the last episode of like you know, running to fire. I love that and I love to learn, but it's also really, really scary when you're actually on fire and you're just like, oh my God, I don't know 10 things that are being said around me and I'm having to literally fake all 10 or read and re- do research while you're actively playing music on a stage. Like I'm trying to do all this at once. Um, and it, it became, um, oh, it became immensely stressful in the first couple of years because it was just like, how many things do I not know? Oh my God, I don't know most of this, but (laughs) I can apply it to my old life, as you asked. So, like, I can apply branding in a certain way because I had an amazing brand guy who's still one of my best friends at my old company, um, who I learned so much from. And I understood, at least at the time in 2000, from 2003 to 2011, marketing but that marketing doesn't really apply anymore. The internet exploded. So now we have this giant digital marketing phase. So e-commerce is just a totally different animal, but it became easier for someone to manage. So that I think one of the things that Dustin and I always talk about in terms of self-management is there was always a time for a manager up until maybe 10 years ago. Um, Bands that do it now, probably just don't have the right mindset. And that's fine. Some people just require to be an artist and that's it. And you need a manager. But for us, like there's so many things that are now digitized and built in a way that it's just turnkey. Like if you, if you know how to use a smartphone, there's a thousand things that I could do on a smartphone right now that plan a tour that you could never do in the 1980s. You needed a Guy on a payphone figuring out where you're going to fly, figuring out where the hotel is going to be, figuring out how the gear is going to get somewhere. That's all done. I now. have
0: a, I have a question. Yeah, I ahead. have a question about all of this. Do you remember the '70s band, ABBA? Mm-hmm. Do you know what they're doing now? I don't.
3: That's a good question. I. Don't. They're
0: they're actually faking the moon landing, so they're going to be doing <laughs> holograms of themselves, so Shut they up. don't actually have to tour. I'm serious that's hilarious
2: Siobhan's heard me oh, no. say this because
0: I, I, awesome. I literally I'm like how have you guys not thought about this because I went and saw your last show which by the way gave me epilepsy I didn't have it before but I went home and I was like, literally freaking out yeah. uh, but like I, I was I, couldn't, I could not believe the amount of lights and production you had at the Palladium which is falling apart like I, I would be scared to hang things from the sconces but you guys did it and it was incredible but like ABBA they're like we don't have to worry about getting. Are sick. they actually doing or that? Are they doing a hologram. Yeah, tour? No, I'm dead serious. I'm okay. dead. I'm dead serious. I, I, they're they're doing a virtual tour. I think we need to like, be
2: a little bit bigger before someone gives a shit about seeing me in hologram form. <laughs> However,
0: but how about if you did a virtual VIP meet and greet before the virtual? Well, and that's
2: the thing. Like uh, maybe with what if if we if we've got seventeen more Greek letters after this variant, then maybe. But like, but yeah, right now, you know, we we rough it. Uh, We get in front of people with masks on, and we did the VIPs, and I think people still enjoyed them. Um, We also did an acoustic tour right in the dead of summer when we before Delta, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it was a massive success, and we had a blast doing it. So. I think there's still gonna be value always in being right in front of someone's face. That said, if this could grow into some of the ideas that Dustin has, I certainly could see a hologram type approach in some sort of mainstay like Vegas or something like that. But
0: well, do you know how diametrically show. aligned you are to ABBA? Because they didn't even speak English, but they sang <laughs> dancing queen and they're like, we'll sing it in 15 languages. That's and awesome. I feel like, again, that's like back in the seventies, that was like a really interesting mindset. Cause they're like, we'll pander to all these crowds by making everyone think that they're from that area. Hmm. Because they literally sang it in like sixteen languages, That's and then awesome. they wrote the, the catchiest music. Because if we know anything about Sweden, they produce the greatest musicians and producers ever, like David Guetta, and you yeah. know all those DJs and stuff that make five hundred thousand dollars to show up with their like not even a computer anymore, just their controllers. Oh, right, go- <laughs> I think David Guetta yeah. is French, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's from Sweden. I think you're thinking but of like anyway, Swedish House mafia. House mafia like whatever, <laughs> all those guys. They, anyway, we Sweden know the point. breeds DJ the point is that you, dude i can't imagine how you guys don't realize that abba who everyone at every wedding i've ever been at people ask me for abba starset's going to be that band and if you use them hey, as your I, archetype dustin just just change the way yourself. you write
2: stuff i don't know how well, it's i'm not sure if there's a space dancing queen in our future but you know but here but here's a question
0: for you though <laughs> if you can go and be a hologram do you go and tell yourself that you're fired because you're now a light
2: yeah I think. I think I'd like to fire myself in hologram form. That would be awesome. <laughs> that, that sounds a lot less expensive.
0: <laughs> I yeah. can tell you that. That's what I'm saying. You can kick You're back replaced. with your modello
1: and uh,
2: but, but we've watch had, the show. We've yeah. had these jokes. We've actually said, like, I should be a hologram. I tell Brock, I Brock, believe said, this. Brock says the same thing almost every night. Siobhan doesn't always hear it because we're, we do this <laughs> thing in the intermission where we change and we sorry for the European fans that haven't seen the show, but like we change and we change into space suits and we come out in a different form and he's always standing there in front of his vault and he's just like, Ron, do you remember when we did not to dress like idiots? And I'm just like, <laughs> but I'm like, no, Brock, I don't remember that. And he's like, God. And I'm like, don't worry, man. One day we'll be able to sit back on our couch and watch ourselves playing a show in Vegas and you'll just be playing me. And he, that's just, I guess, like our inner joke. But like, yes, we've had that conversation. I didn't know I was doing it. So that's amazing. Um, now i have to read you it. be like,
0: Tupac, Tupac's dead. And he yeah, played he Bonnaroo. Plays.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. It sounds like a weird family tie-in. I don't know if I feel good about that. It sounds like royalty and strange, season, strange mm-hmm. shit, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm warm, oh. so I'm doing this for you, Benny.
3: Yes, we need oh. to reveal. Oh my gosh, we totally missed this in part one. Yes, yes, yes. Ron.
0: Oh my God, that's disturbing. Why? <laughs> Why is it disturbing?
3: You you
2: don't, we like now your, have all of our you faces. Like, you, you don't like yourself in uh, in the uh, cartoon form, Benny?
3: Well, no? the funny thing is, is that Ron, who is also the our, merch king, I mean, among his many other jobs.
0: Well, I was yeah, in San Diego. I, went, I, was, I specifically made a trip
2: to go pick up one of these because I knew a, was that was
3: amazing. I feel so honored. <laughs> well, I, I'm gonna
0: say that I was in San Diego with Scott, who's the guy behind this whole show, and Love his, uh, yeah, Indeed. his his partner Tom goes around all of San Diego wearing our shirt. Oh, all really? The time. really? I know that. Oh, you no, know, he wears he, yeah. it's his favorite shirt. He they're they're well to do. They could buy anything. But he wears <laughs> that shirt. And he actually asked me which one I was when I literally was smoking a joint on the side of his five-star hotel.
3: Well, you're definitely not the blonde <laughs> like,
2: girl
0: with the
3: glass of wine. Yeah, That's
2: for yeah. sure. That's definitely Benny. Yeah, that
0: be I'm, like, I'm like, are you serious, Tom? Are you fucking serious? Which one am I? I'm like, I'm the one painted as a cartoon smoking a joint. And I'm smoking a joint literally in front of you. So yeah, uh, that gives me PTSD every time I see somebody wearing my face on their shirt. Well, I'll wear yeah. it more often. There's one.
1: literally, literally uh, six to 12 people that own those. And that it is it is a little upsetting just to know that we're, our faces are up there. <laughs> oh, I'm,
2: doing, I'm doing my part. So go buy, it, go
3: well, buy well, a shirt. Appreciate- it
1: helps it. Speaking, yeah, of- D. Com. Check it out.
3: Exactly. And speaking of t-shirts, th- this is kind of a good segue to talk about some of the other business ventures that have kind of been offshoots of the star set. Trajectory. I mean, th- I mean, doing merch and having a merch company and the buses, we kind of referred to it earlier. I mean, can you talk about some of the,
0: Genius. the other...
3: Yeah, like some of the other business ventures that have kind of spun off of, you know, building Star Set and uh, even unrelated. Like, there's so yeah, many other things sure. that you do we haven't even touched on.
0: Revolutionary. So, yeah. Well...
2: Okay, so understanding the business means understanding everything you pay for. That's pretty much the first step of it, Um, especially in the music industry. It's not just that, but also who's taking money from you so you can figure out what (laughs) to do and how exactly it's going to even out. Um, Early on, uh, again, Dustin was very adamant, but that was also because of the brand, but he was very adamant about quality, not just quality merch, but understanding how the merch ties into the music. Um, So, yeah, we take a huge pride in making sure that our merchandise is just standing toe to toe with the level of production and what we're doing at all times. Um, we never, uh, really signed away anything. Uh, we, we wanted to hold on to everything we could because we knew we could do it. Just kind of what I was alluding to about, you know, smartphones, every app on there, Gives me or Dustin or whoever I have on my team a ability at a moment's notice to manage something that, whereas you couldn't do that ten years from now. No reason why you should be paying somebody twenty percent or whatever a management might, deal might be to do that, uh, unless you're growing to a point where it, it necessitates it. Right now, it's it's manageable, and we we like that. Um, t-shirts was a huge part of that, of course. I mean, there's in the in the dynamic of what 2020 and 2022 is. Uh, you are not a band that can grow unless you have merchandise that can support you. Period. Um, our VIP stuff and all the things that we do auxiliary to that. Sure. Not every band needs that, but if you don't have the right understanding of how you're merchandising and how you're putting your product, not just your music and your sound out there, uh, you're doing it wrong in my opinion. Um, so yeah, we took we took a lot of time uh, to learn it. We took, uh, we didn't go as far as setting up our own screen printing presses, but damn, we talked about it. Uh, <laughs> and I'm kind of glad we didn't because we have some awesome partners, uh, who I would, you know, I always send more people to, uh, I'm not going to plug them on this, but I, I, they're amazing. And they, they know who they are and they, they crush it and they'll continue to you know work for us because we work for them. Um, same thing for, uh, you know, buses, like that same concept, we just, uh, we saw the need of getting this production to a certain level of people, and you just can't do that safely without the right touring production. So, buses necessitated one uh, very early, probably too early. It was so stressful to learn that. It was it was one of the most stressful things I've ever had to do, is understanding Department of Transportation Law, and understanding what to do with big, heavy gross weight vehicles and knowing what to do over state lines and then trying to insure them, which is exponentially insane, and trying to become a rental company when you've never done it. And there's massive regulation as to what to to tell you not to do that as a general Joe off the street.
0: Wait, uh, before you get too far too far on, you just blew my mind. Cause like <laughs> I would never in a million years think to myself, if I'm in a band, I need to know Department of Transportation law. Because I'm I'm driving uh, like heavy vehicles over states because I'm just going to buy the 18 wheelers because the amount that they're going to charge me for these vehicles uh, is just act, over time there's going to be such an arc of where this doesn't make sense that we have to get the ROI out of these guys so you're going to take a, a leap but you know in the long run having this crazy understanding is going to allow you to make real money in the long run but I'm just sitting here by myself playing my guitar, going. I hope people will like this tune. And like, I just think it's absolutely incredible. And I will, I take my hat off to you, the starset hat, because Corey and I were at. I think it was uh, what was the the Paradise Theater in Boston, and you guys mm-hmm. played. And first off, I was like <clears throat> talking to. I think Cor- uh, Corey and my friend Alicia, I think, it was there, and someone looked back at me and said, "Do not." interrupt like what's the lingo you use now it's a, a, a weight a, 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 demonstration oh uh, the, the demonstration yes demonstra- a demonstration it's star set I'm like I know I know them but like they were so mad at me for like not being in the moment. Were you, having, moment. you were having like
2: a sidebar conversation or something? Is that what was going on?
0: Yeah, I was yelling because I came from a, a DJing a, a five-star hotel at a wedding. You're always and yelling. Like, there doesn't need to, pre- yeah. to be you a, don't pre- have pre- a You don't have that. a whisper. I'm so There's egoc- no Benny. i so egocentric. <laughs> I'm so egocentric. I walk in and completely interrupt these people. And But furthermore, we waited for you guys afterwards and there yeah. was a line that I have never seen in my entire life of living in Boston seeing Tons of huge bands waiting at that merch table. And Corey and I said, are they signing? The guy was convinced you were signing things. No. You guys literally just sold a shirt to every single person. Not just a shirt. Like, I mean, we're like, these people were probably spending $500. I'm like, what the? how? They left with a whole space suit. I, I mean, and it's great quality stuff, too, because, I mean, it's, it's amazing looking. But I said to myself, I'm in the wrong fucking business and I could not believe that you guys weren't sitting at that table signing stuff that they were just buying it to the point where like people were being asked to leave the venue, but they're like, we're waiting in line to buy yeah. things and you couldn't ring up the money fast enough. And I'm like, these guys our, are, uh, little, I, I've never uh, seen any, anything like it.
2: So that's when it's actually, it's, I'm glad you bring it up because our, that's been a trial by fire. Um, that's iron we, maiden. We, level. we as, we as our, own merchandise company if you will or whatever um you know we've learned through the years what that means and not just to the fans because the that's obviously the most important part right you build it you build the right brand you build the right lifestyle brand if you will and they want to own every shirt and there are there are definitely fans that go out and buy every single shirt and you're just like and our merch sellers are like what uh and and then there's fans that are just like oh my god like i need to give the band more money and they you know they tip crazy and they they try to donate, and it, our fans are incredible, and you just you can't get enough of it. So you build it for them, but the trial by fire part I meant is that you know we learned, like through multitude of people at that table, what it was like to manage that influx of people at the end of the night or at the beginning of the night, um, and. You know, we've stepped, I've stepped on my own toes managing it, trying to understand like what that is to that. That's like one of the hardest jobs in the entire business is trying to manage all the, they're literally never getting a break when our sellers are standing there for the entire night. So yeah, uh, even in the last tour, I changed my ways in the way that we manage, you know, how they, what they make and, and, and everything that's associated with the, and how they're structured and um, and how you treat them. It's just, and not just the sellers, I mean, just customer service in general. Um, it's, it's massively important. And, uh, I do believe that that experience is not as important as the demonstration and what they perceive and what they hear, but it is still so important to receive something after you leave that show. And maybe they do come over to a signing table afterwards, but that experience is what enables them to come back and they bring two friends and then three friends, you know what I'm saying? And like the same thing for our VIP and Siobhan, obviously she knows, intimately what that means when we do the V.I.P.S. without COVID. you uh, spend hours if we do the acoustic thing, but if we spend you know, as much time as we can with each person talking to every fan because they came, they spent a boatload of money to come hang out with us. I want to understand why, you know, I don't you don't want to have that step and repeat picture mm-hmm. onto the yeah, next yeah. type mentality of yeah. that. That's been that's never been what we've ever been about with our fans. Um, unfortunately, the band has grown where some of those VIPs necessitate that because of time. We just don't have the time to talk to all those people. So that summer tour was fun. We could cap it. You could meet with these people. All we were doing was acoustic. And then the rest of the time was having a beer and meeting people. It was awesome. Um, So yeah. Your
0: R and D because I feel like when Corey and I went and saw you guys, I it's so smart. Because because you guys are going there and you're you're first off playing for your diehard fans. So you immediately have like the best of the best. And you look, you guys have people that really love you and it's so admirable because you know, like my daughter, um, her girlfriend hadn't been to a show ever in her life, and she came and they saw you guys, and the thing that made me so happy as a producer when I left was they're like, We love the strings. The strings were so were so catchy. And I'm like, They're catchy? They're like, Yeah, they're awesome. I'm like, I love that they love the strings. and But you guys then go and walk around and people are recanting your story. And it's like, okay, so what bullet points are sticking? What mm. are they finding interesting? What are they asking you? What questions are they asking I mean, us? So it's, it's almost like you're paying yeah. for people to tell you what they want directly at the highest level. Maybe, so you guys yeah. are Some like the first VIPing yeah. it. Yeah, it's Sometimes, the, it was yeah, so it's fun a, to watch. But, but
2: every person in the band is. Uh, Getting a different angle, Siobhan probably has mm-hmm. a thousand I different stories spies. than I do. Well, we just, we, but it's not like we're taking that and writing it on a whiteboard later. <laughs> like I'm just, so are I you, know, you we, sure? Yeah, I mean, I, I've got a <laughs> decent memory. Are you? Good Dustin rate. has.
0: He, won't, he probably has like a new thing, a tablet instead now that he just well, it's like, just like anything. <laughs> changes a virtual you intern- page.
3: You internalize any feedback that you get, you know, so anything yes. you hear that people appreciate, right. you're going to amplify it on stage. You're going to be conscious of it. You're going to remember that this is what people came here to see or to hear, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like if you're reminded of that. Yeah. And that's it all falls under what's amazing about Star Set is just like maintaining a brand that goes across all the yeah. aspects of music, of performance, of merchandise, of everything. It's its an experience, like Abba. you know, and that's you just you just don't want
2: yeah. anyone to leave there without whatever it is that they want. Right. It's not like it's I mean, it's I guess it's kind of like Disneyland, but like you just don't want <laughs> you just don't want <laughs> them of. to not get what they want out of that experience. Like, wait, which one's Mickey Mouse?
0: <laughs> Adam. <laughs> Drumabuse.com. Goofy. Adam Gilbert. Uh, I don't know.
2: I'm sure some fan will watch this and make us into whatever that is.
3: Probably. Yeah. It won't take long.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I, I can't remember where I was going. Are you that, Huey like- Louie
0: or Dewey? Oh man, I definitely well, we were talking
3: I, about feedback, yeah. you know, and and fans and the experience that they get. Out your of... your your acoustic tour was amazing. It really so that, was fantastic.
2: You, you, oh, that's what it was. You asked if it was R and D. That was the craziest thing that we'd done, I think, to date, because of what we had to do to do it. Uh it was the Wild West, as I've said, and no one was playing shows. And we were like, all right. It seemed at the time that COVID was going to end. We had vaccines. Most people were getting vaccinated at the time of April, May. We were like, all right, some, it's going to kind of creep up. Um, it's going to be a point where we at least would see some venues open up to at least if it's just going to be vaccinated or whatever it might be. Like You knew there would be some group of people that would be allowed to be gathered, right? So we're like, all right, I uh, don't know when that'll be, but let's set a date in, in the sand to say, let's do this, and then let's try for the main tour in the fall, And I still can't believe it worked out the way we said it was going to work out because nothing ever does. It's always like you just try to set dates and everything just blows up and you find it out later. But we set a date and I remember I was up at Dustin's cabin he was working on horizons and I just told him, and he's so hard to talk to when he's writing because he's just in this block and I hate pulling him out of it because he's in the block. He wants to just Mm -hmm. focus and write and finish. And, uh, and he had Joe up there, and I think Jason with Breaking Ben, and like, it just there was just so much going on. And I'm like, dude, I've got like 20 days until we hit the start date that I wanna I want to start this tour on this day. And he was like, well, we could do it this day or this day. I'm like, I'm like, I feel really strongly we should start on this day. And it was like a phone conversation after I left the cabin because I was going back and forth between Columbus. I would just go up there for like four days at a time or whatever. And uh, he just texted me. It was a text. He was like, yeah, all right, just go with what you think. And it was the start date of, I don't know, July. It was a day after my brother's wedding, whatever that day that Mm -hmm. was, July 18th. And I was like, all right, I have June to plan this entire tour. No agent, nothing. And I'm just like, all right, uh, here we go. And I just put the dates and cities that I thought made sense from the canceled tour that we had in 2020 on a map and just started putting dates together of how I could drive it. Cause I knew how long bus drivers could drive. And then I just cold called 300 places to get 32 dates. And it just was fucking chaos for a month. And I remember going on sale in 14 days and I only had like six dates left to book. And we, we, we we're shocked, as you said, Benny, like I was blown away. We knew what the price point was. We knew that we wanted to just play acoustic. We knew no one had been out and we know there was not many tours other than like maybe country artists and a couple, you know, things that were probably not allowed in Texas <laughs> that were happening. So, uh, and, but we did it, we, we went on sale and I can't, I'd still, I'm like, what, like, I couldn't believe how quickly sales happened. And then at the end of it, it was like sellout after sellout after sellout of capped rooms at like 100, 150 people. Mm -hmm. But like, we immediately knew, uh, all right, we just created something different. Like we probably can't do the same acoustic thing again in the future, or maybe we can, but we have to do it in a different way. We know that these people love to see, you know, a different version of Dustin's songs. Um, And fuck, I mean, Siobhan and Z, like they, uh, they shine in, this right i mean it's it's a totally benny you saw it so you guys understand like it's it is a totally different uh structure to this music and we really just thought it'd be a cool way to get out and be like hey everybody i know you haven't seen this in like 12 18 months like we're still here we're going to do the real thing soon thanks for coming out supporting us and supporting our crew instead it became like this is what they want to see they want to know when the next one is and by the way they want to know when the next big demonstration is too so it was it was cool it was really cool.
0: Well, here's the thing that's cool about that was your you guys have so much mystique. Like if you guys like the last show you played the Palladium, it it could be it could have been fake. I mean, I, you guys sounded first off so good that if it, you told me it was like all backing tracks, I'd believe you'd be like, good job. Like you always sound good. Sure. But like I know you're really doing it. But when you guys played acoustically, you still sound amazing, but it, you can hear the humanity in it. So if anyone ever were to question, like, can these guys really do like First off, Z and Siobhan are like Jedi level musicians. So again, Dustin's yep. intelligent in the sense that he always surrounds himself with these <laughs> incredible musicians. Like Adam is such an incredible drummer. So like you're already set up for success because you have these wonderful people in your in your band. But you guys really do it. And I when you a lot of bands hide behind stuff. You guys did that tour, and I thought that that was like very open and very cool because you also walk around and you talk to people. Well, and that was it's the like, point.
2: Yeah, and that was the scary. In, that was, a that scary was thing. amazing. Amazing to me. It was before Delta. It was kind of on the the main Alpha, whatever, whatever they call the first variant. It was coming down, and we didn't see mm-hmm. Delta coming up. And we were just at the end of the last week. It was scary because it was peaking up. Well, we were yeah, no masks, and we were just going out and talk to people because we were all outside for the most part. Most of the venues were outside, uh, and then when they weren't, we did have masks in the places that required it because we're not rule breakers. But uh, you know, it it was. Uh, it was a thing that just, it blew me away only because I thought it was supposed to be like a hi, hello, here we are again, not a, oh my God, these people love us to a point where we've created a brand that conceptually can exist in whatever platform we create, as long as it's quality. Um, so yeah, it, it, I'm just. I guess I'm saying it's, it. I definitely agree with what you said, Benny. You, you know the people. Well, are, you
0: signed yeah. this for me, and then people <laughs> waited for. I waited such a long time. I gotta tell you because I was ready to go home, but no, my my daughter and her and her girl were like, no, we gotta wait. We gotta get autographs. Like, I'm like, do we really though? You met the band? Like, they're all cool with you? Like, no, we gotta wait. And you go and you take pictures with everybody, <laughs> and you sign everything. Corey's got his takeout box. Love it. It's so admirable because, you know, when you're growing up and you love a band and you guys are, like, superhuman, like, you're the same way I think a lot of people looked at Led Zeppelin in the 70s because they didn't have that kind of interactivity that they do with bands now. So it's like, these are space aliens when they see them live. You guys still have that mystique of, like, you're almost superhuman and the way that people look at you it's like almost the same way someone looks at a dj like that's what the only time i've noticed it's not as a musician but like when i dj venues when people think like you controlled that room people look at you guys like you controlled that room but, but it's you know what's cool about that is like,
2: it's really cool to get off stage and know that you when you felt a good one which i know siobhan can relate to and i'm sure you guys can too like you know you had a good show and you get off stage and you felt it you're like all right fuck yeah we nailed that that's a cool thing. And you know that you felt like, oh, shit, like maybe the mystique played out or maybe the lights was amazing and everything that we did was right. That's a really good feeling. But what what I mean by the way that this summer felt was I didn't expect the same feeling after, I mean, I certainly know what my throat felt like after talking to 100 people <laughs> every night. But like, yeah. I didn't expect the same feeling after hearing everyone's story and understanding what it meant to them. And it, it's just... Uh, Yes, we're surrounded by amazingly talented people, and that's not by accident. Um, we've found these people, and they—I and they, think—they love the same reasons why we feel this way. But that I just—you know—I'm eager to do it again. I'm eager to continue to build that part of the brand more, and I love the fact that it's small. And I think I hope we can control the small aspect to that because, like you said, Benny, the, the mystique. Uh, it's hard to pull back that veil. Like Dustin has created something that you don't want to really tarnish. You don't break the fourth wall in most things. You just, but there are time and place for that. And maybe that, maybe that tour was it, so.
3: Yeah, well, it also changed how we do the pre-show VIP too, because it kind of enlightened us to like some of the sound and the, you know, we, we built it up, you know, in a way that gave it kind of a different level of power compared to some of the previous VIPs we did, like yeah. sonically. Yeah, so. yeah I mean, yeah, we yeah.
2: changed, oh, changed elements to it that made it better. Adam was on a full kit. That's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's exciting. Um, it's never not exciting to be <laughs> in this project. And it's certainly also chaos. I, I say chaos all the time. It's-
1: yeah. Being being self-managed and, and having that responsibility for basically making sure that everything stays on the rails, what, what does that look like as, you know, the job? So when you're on tour, is it like... Uh, play the show debrief is it, is it regimented when you guys are kind of like doing your planning and 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 analysis of what's going on
3: i am i don't yeah.
2: um i don't dustin's creative way and the way he does his thing is is his own way and it, and it has to be i think that's the only way he can operate um and there's not many people that i've met that can work with him like that um, and there's someone setting fireworks off next to my house. Sounded like like gunshots. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, that was weird. Um, there's not many people that can really, you know, it's hone a in on that. Demonstration
0: I outside. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <might be>. uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, should. Uh, the and not. That's not really a knock. Actually, I think that's probably. And it's also probably not uh, unique. It's that's probably most lead singers slash main creators, right? You just have to find their way that they can operate and a good manager or a good person, partner, whatever it might be that is functioning with him or or them uh, needs to do that to ensure success. Uh, He is his own unique animal, but so is everyone else. So our whole camp is full of unique personalities (laughs) Uh, and it requires some structure, of course, uh, but actually, I think it requires some like destructure in order to make things happen. I there, I don't think anyone joins the music industry because they want to be in some crazy military barrack structure. Sure.
3: You know? Well, that's part of your I, skill of management is understanding, you know, how to be the best counterpart to all the varying moving parts and the personalities. And I, yeah, yeah, that's what you're very, very good at. You know, you which just is have amazing. to know
2: that there's a reason why most people are on the road. I, I really believe that after now doing this for as many years as i has been, I, there are, you could just as easily go work at a warehouse doing similar lighting or teching or audio work. You could just as easily play weekend shows and get your uh, jollies from playing live and then go back to your desk job. There's a reason why there's people gigging and there's a reason why people are teching and there's a reason why people are in this band. Um, and you just have to respect that. And you nail, know, yes, you do have to manage it and you do have to keep people in some sort of schedule. Otherwise it turns and melts to chaos. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, uh, I don't, I wouldn't trade it though because I think most of the people that we surround ourselves with and people come and go, but like, uh, that's the fun of it because it's like a circus but it's like a evolving <laughs> constantly creative more creative than a carny circus right and that's that's the fun uh, I'm then,
3: having a flashback to one of our acoustic shows that we did oh where there actually was a circus there actually was a circus we, we were get introduced announced by like the
2: the, the ringmaster ring <laughs> <like, yeah.
3: laughs> I was like this is the perfect like Joining of worlds. Oh my God.
2: That, yeah. <laughs> I think that was like midway through that tour, tour, And I'm like, this is literally a circus. I cannot believe yeah. this is
1: happening. Yeah.
2: And it was really hot that day. So, and our engine was overheating, if I remember. So, it was well, all that, cool. Yeah.
1: That's a good segue. Before we uh, wrap, we still got 15 minutes left in the show, but we would be oh. remiss if we didn't ask Ron, who, which we've asked everyone else in Star Set for your favorite uh, tour stories or your favorite, I, you know. <laughs> yeah. I
2: actually wrote some down because I, kn- I knew that Look you were going to so me prepared.
3: This. Of course. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I
2: wrote I wrote several down because I was like, if I get asked this on the spot, I'm not gonna think of it. So <laughs> hold on, let's see if I can find this. There's so many ridiculous things that have happened on like before Siobhan and after Siobhan. I, not saying that she's a benchmark, but like that BS. No, but you have you
3: have such a good memory for these things. I love hearing even the pre-me stories. I'm I always get a kick out of hearing what you guys talk about. Pre Siobhan,
2: were you were you on the tour when we went to Helsinki?
3: uh the one with the boat when we were on the mm-hmm. th- yeah i think you're so. on that okay yeah so
2: that's like that was one of the first ones i wrote down because i remembered how ridiculous it was but like we <laughs> had to we were on a shinedown support tour right yeah
3: yeah that's right that's right
2: uh, we were in stockholm and i knew this was coming but i just didn't know how to handle it because the flights were so insane uh shinedown flew but their buses <laughs> drove around like I can't remember how you get to Helsinki, but there was like a... But
3: it's a very long There like, was a ferry route. that could take the yeah. buses,
2: but you had, they had to get there. Otherwise, you just wouldn't have made it in time. You would, not one would have slept. But the flights that they were on were... I mean, it was just going to explode our budget. A support tour, we didn't have... We weren't getting paid well. We were just trying to be out there and show face. And we... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I had our bus drop us at a ferry port... <laughs> in Stockholm and get on this ferry in the morning. I think it was the morning. Uh, We slept at the ferry like stop, got our gear off and our fucking gear, it's like 35 cases and then a cello and a violin and all our bags. It was like probably 65 things. And we drag it through this ferry terminal in Stockholm to get on this ridiculous ferry to Helsinki, which is like a three or an overnight boat. Which most people do (laughs) is like a vacation. And we're dragging our shit through this terminal that's not made like an airport terminal and a terminal. And there's gear everywhere. And there, people are just looking at us like we're like from Mars. And I'm just carrying gear. Like my cello player and I, and like I think our crew, we were just pacing. And I I convinced some guy who couldn't speak English to like open one channel and like let us just push gear onto the boat. We got the gear (laughs) on the boat. It was like the longest walk of gear. I'm like sweating my ass off. We get on the boat and everyone's like, all right, we got it. We found it like a closet on the boat. It didn't lock and put all our gear in it. And then we just get on this thing. We all have bunks and we're sleeping that night, but we're so drained from it. I remember we all just wanted to do is just go get a beer. So we get a beer in the back of the boat and this band playing and the fucking boat starts to dip like hard. And <laughs> so Dustin, he's like, dude, like I'm going to throw up. Like, he's like Dustin being Dustin, like freaking out. And I'm like, okay, uh, well, we, what can we do? He's like, they have that stuff, those patches you can put on. And they, I don't know what they're called. we know what the dra- dramamine? Oh, the dramamine. 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 Yeah. yeah. So he went to this front desk thing and he got like two of them and he like stuck them on both of his arms and he's like <laughs> walking around with dramamine patches. So, like, all of us did that. And I guess he talked, I think it was him who talked to somebody, said that this was the worst storm on the sea that this boat has had in 20 years.
3: <laughs> and it dude, was like this, like sleeping at night. Yes, like,
2: <sighs> we were at the back of the boat watching a band play on this boat. Normal stage, dance floor, <laughs> we're getting drinks. There's fucking this beers flying all over the place. People on the dance floor, I have a video of this. The people dancing and, and, and all of a sudden the whole crowd's over here and the whole crowd's over here. The drummer is strapped into his drum set playing and then he's like swaying. The lead singer is holding on to like a bar to hold, make sure he doesn't fall over. And then the whole night, like, it was, I thought we were fucking going over. Like, it was (laughs) terrifying. Made it to Helsinki, played played one show. It was not worth all of that for one show, but we did. Oh, geez. Um, That was wild. I, I don't we should
3: just got on the phone <laughs> i bet for you probably most of the wild tour stories happen in europe because that's probably the most chaos when it comes let's to logistics
0: look. let's look well, <laughs> the only time he said bananas in the previous time sorry to ruin it for people yeah, yeah. Did, but if you haven't watched it go watch it is when he can't sign on to wi-fi in europe that's right, when things so, not yeah, yeah, chaos, that's, that are not just chaos but they're bananas
2: that's well that's ba- that was like early days of wi-fi
0: though bananas
2: all right so Siobhan, one of my favorite ones was when we were in Shinjuku in Japan at that music bar. And oh. Ryan, our sound guy at the time, was picked up that ridiculous acoustic guitar, and I had an electric guitar, <laughs> and we live streamed. We were hammered. And it's like Shinjuku is <laughs> like, like these tiny little bars in Japan. Oh, like, it was like,
3: uh, Golden Guy. Golden, oh, sorry, the, Golden the, Guy. Yeah. Yeah,
2: but Shinjuku is like the whole area. But yes, yeah, yeah. In yeah. Golden Guy. Correct. Um, they have the bars where you could like see like five people.
3: At- yeah. yeah, It's all, so it's a, a whole village just, of like, tiny, tiny. Yeah. Like really small, like only five people can fit in and everyone has a different vibe. So this one had, they had like music instruments on the wall. Right. And we go yep. ahead. Do, and no, story, we just but- picked up
2: two instruments. We, I put my Instagram live up, which had just started kind of at the time it was like early live stream. And I just put it at the end of the bar and we were playing covers, and it was ridiculous. It was
3: that was great. Yeah, that was spending. a great night. Yeah,
2: like it was a great night. I wish I could find the footage of that because like that's all we did. Like, but we were also For doing a to- like a two-week stint in Tokyo, and we had days off like every couple of days, and we were just trying to find things to do. So we did everything in Tokyo. Um, that was one of the better nights. Uh, <laughs> I mean, with the day before we climbed Mount Fuji, but I didn't even mention that. That was My cool. God. Yeah. Siobhan's uh, told us about that one. Yeah, she was, right. was
1: ill prepared apparently. <laughs> I think we
2: were all ill prepared, and we ran. Dustin and I ran it, and I was like, "I don't know how we didn't die." No, this but... was like
3: a typical, typical Ron and Dustin story. It's like the, there's like four of us. It's like you, you me and, and Brock one, yeah. and Mariko and our, our lighting guy at the time, and of course, Ron and Dustin are like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna go and climb Mount Fuji in one day," and they Wait, like did Mariko went to this. Oh, yeah, she it. Honestly, yeah. and for and, and for as little as she is, she I was did. like, I was like Mariko's not gonna make it because like you know. I mean Ron is kinda like the most No, I mean Ron is like the athletic one and I'm like I work out, like I'm pretty like I've got good endurance and I'm like, all right, I feel like Ron and I are gonna sure be she's like, she's real. I feel like
0: she's a hologram.
3: No, seriously, but Sometimes. I was like, I feel like yeah. Mariko's like, you know, she she doesn't do a lot of like endurance stuff. She's just like naturally <laughs> sprightly, you know. She's just she like made the whole <laughs> way. But it, but Ron man. and Dustin ditched us like within five minutes. They were like, You guys are too slow. And they were like up at the top and back and I <laughs> Brock and I were like struggling getting down. I was, I had, I had the worst shoes ever. I was like oh, sliding yeah. down. Mount Everybody's bougie covered in sand
2: because it's all that volcanic ash on the way down. Oh,
3: Did oh, you show well. up in like platforms, Siobhan, to go climb no, I a had, mountain? I, I had like bougie Adidas like athleisure shoes, and I had, you know, it's cold at the top. The only other thing I had oh, was like yeah, a hoodie, and then this like literally like shiny silver hoodie rain jacket thing. And I so remember the a picture, photos. You yeah, ridiculous. there's a picture of me at the top of Mount Fuji that turned into a meme. People like cut me out and put me in outer space because I literally looked like I was wearing a space suit with like a reflective hoodie. <laughs>
0: Can we please hey, source that for this? So when people go onto the YouTube, they I'll, can see. I'll find it and meme. send it to you. Yeah, it's
2: it's it, pretty embarrassing. It it, it's, uh, is it on Instagram? It. I think it's on Instagram. It's, I mean,
3: it's definitely on Instagram somewhere in the archives. <laughs> I just
2: That's realized, amazing. yeah, a lot of these are Europe and overseas, Siobhan. I'll just like breeze through them. Uh, yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay, Switzerland. The most epic oh, fart I've ever <laughs> spelled <laughs> in my life. Uh, we <laughs> we're we're in we're in, Zur- we're in zurich in this, I, don't know, I, I don't know what they were thinking and i apologize it was a very if the promoter actually stage. cares enough to watch this but like we were in this fucking <laughs> show like this show was in a basement and the only way to get on stage was through like a hole like look like this <laughs> like a gnome hole you have to duck under it and you get on stage it's like stage right how you get in and that's the only way to get on otherwise the crowd's in front of you so
3: And the stage <laughs> was, like, this high. Dustin like said six something
2: years. while we were sound checking, and he's like, man, like, this is, like, we're trapped. Like, if something goes wrong, like, we're, we're going to look ridiculous if we have to get off stage. And a lot of the times, we wouldn't get off stage because the venues are so small. Well, yeah, in the middle of the show, I don't know what some fan ate or something, but... <laughs> It overcame the entire stage. I couldn't fucking breathe. I'm in a space suit, okay? I like, Dustin, Dustin literally, and I've never seen him break character, but he broke character. And he's like, we're getting off stage because someone shit their pants. And it was like, we're just like, and I'm listening, we already, we're already, we all in in-ears and I'm just like, did he just say that? and then he's gone Then he's gone he's off the stage and our our tour manager at the time john phillips is sitting in a chair behind the <laughs> moon wall and we're all we all fucking run off the stage in space seats yeah. and he looks at us he's like in the middle of the show we never do this and he's like dude what are you guys all doing here And we're like someone farted <laughs> like that was it like <laughs> God. God. <laughs> That's never happened. Sarsis never evacuated the
3: stage. Very very I memorable. That. I remember that stage. Oh my God,
0: dude. Yeah, Seriously, the awful. two funniest stories that have ever been on the show have been Richard Shaw talking about somebody in his band taking a shit on stage in fucking oh, Israel. And then you, you literally... It, it just goes to prove that South Park is right, that everything that turns out to be a shit or a fart joke is always yeah. hilarious. It just really <laughs> That's is. True. The lowest common denominator, well, the second... The number two is literally the funniest thing ever. So thank you for that.
2: You're welcome. It I was. Uh, it wasn't funny at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just. Wa- I just wanted to finish the show that we were already in a small place. I'm like, I gotta get out of here. And then you're like, we're, like we're gonna stay in this spacesuit longer, and we're gonna be smelling that. Like, cool. This is great.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh. Um,
2: man. Yeah. No. I mean, this just. Been, I don't know how you top that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> there's been a lot of ridiculous things have happened, though, but that's just, you know.
3: Brock oh, for sure. Him. And we have fun. I mean, him what am I? My...
2: I can tell you that one. I don't know.
3: Yeah, go for it. Go for it. He,
2: well, he just, I don't know what his problem is, but I did write that down because of how many times Brock has thrown up in different countries. <laughs> 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 it's like... <laughs> So that's just dogging on Brock because he needs to defend himself later. But yeah, it's like there's, there's, literally a statement, there's literally a statement on tour. It's like insider knowledge of like, hey, like how, uh, how drunk were you? Were you like, were you this drunk or are you to like Brock and puking in a graveyard drunk? That's what we call it. And he, 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 made, he made us pull a van over at one point and he puked in a graveyard.
3: So...
2: Uh, Dustin oh stole cryo tanks one time. Sprayed our sound guy in the face with it. It was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
2: uh, I can totally
3: see that happening. That is yeah. such a, like a
0: high tech fucking gag, dude.
2: Dude, like it's just like You're it's not- like the twenty pound tank where you can hold in your hand, and it's like kind of heavy. You just like the you just spray it a little bit, it's just fucking nuts. It's just like yeah. you, a guy was sleeping on a couch. He just <laughs> just like woke him <laughs> up with it. Yeah, oh, that was good. Uh, we did a lot of epic. We did a lot of epic drives um one of them was like 28 hours from austria to the uk siobhan i know you were in the van of one of them I oh yeah i talked about it but dustin and i had to drive the gear van so there were two vans and i drove or he drove the first part like till he almost crashed and then i had to drive the rest <laughs> into the uk get on the ferry while he had this fucking, this fucking mechanism for the airplane ride that had like a pillow. Like, you know, you, know, with the neck, you know, like a neck pillow, yeah, yeah. but, like, you could yeah. tie it. Well, he'd figure out a way, because he's a crazy <laughs> engineer, to tie it to the back of the, the airline seat so he could fall asleep like this. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, like, okay? So he would do that on planes. He already looks ridiculous when he falls asleep on a plane. Like, well... He was so, and I, and I, I feel bad because, like, he probably won't hate me because I've told this story to people before. But like, he was so fucking tired after driving that long that he did the same thing in the van, and it was like it was straight up bench seats, like you couldn't recline. Really so he just like tied it up
1: like this,
2: I, and he's out fucking cold. He's got a he's got a thing over his head, the sleep mask on, and he's like he looks like he's dead. And I pull up to the border crossing at the UK, okay, and my the van pulls up. The guy is on his side of the car because the UK's on the
0: opposite
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: side like
2: this and I, I'm like, dude, pay attention to me. I'm sorry. And I'm like, I'm just trying to get on the boat. And he's like, what the fuck's up with this guy? Where's his passport? <laughs> like, trying to wake him up. And eventually, he up, and like, I can only imagine what that border crossing dude must have thought. Like, I, killed I, I like, This
3: makes me think of, like, every time, especially in Russia, when we were flying, like, how scary all of us look by, like, day oh, four. Being exhausted. Yeah. We've got, like, sleep masks and face masks yeah. and neck pillows. Like, we're hanging like this.
2: <laughs> But that's what you do. It, you do whatever it takes to go on tour. And sometimes it means you look absolutely ridiculous, and I'm sure we are not the we are not the uh, the poster child of what Americans should look like overseas by any means. <laughs> oh my God! I got like get 15 more stories, but I'm sure you guys are running out of time. Well, but We'll, oh. like, still, you know. we'll yeah. save some
1: for for the next appearance because there's there's so much to talk about. But
0: uh,
3: that's <laughs> presumptuous. I, but I hope
0: you'll come back. Of course, of course. I'm sorry.
3: I I I feel like I was so so great. I know. I told you.
1: Yeah,
0: I didn't even take notes this time. I was so entranced the whole time that like I have to go back and like Corey, can you just send me like the raws so I can just go like take (laughs) notes (laughs) later so I can understand what we just learned.
1: Sure. (laughs) No, I I think you know at at some point you know at, at once. It's possible. It would be great to, to to have a time when you guys come through on tour. Where we can get a, a live podcast going and all and be, be awesome. in the same room and hang out and yeah. have, er, have Ernie there and everything, you know, to get the full yeah. experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. But no, that would honestly, like, um, is great stories and also just great to hear the behind the scenes of the juggernaut that is star set and what it, what it takes. And I think that I'm sure all your fans that check this, this show out, they're going to walk away with something that that they're going to really be able to take the heart
0: as well. I think uh, Dustin awesome. sleeping like this actually did t- top <laughs> the, like, shitting the pants thing. <laughs> oh, my God. I can totally picture it, too. I just, that's like, funnier because that's I don't think, hours I don't think anyone
2: realizes how much Dustin cares about sleep. Because he cares about his voice, because he cares about right, how good sure. the show, is like it all. It all factors into that engineer brain that is him. So yeah, that was probably. I mean, he did it on purpose. He needed to sleep, but like that was like a that was the most passed out I've ever seen him, and it was wild. So.
3: <laughs> You've seen us all at next level, like scary looking passed out. Ron has definitely turned me and Brock into a meme sleeping at like Russian airport. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ron
2: falls asleep in the weirdest places, so it's correct. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, I can believe Ron, that.
1: Ron, where can people find you online? What, what are your, what are your socials? Uh,
2: just my name, Ron Chant. I think that's, uh, that's Instagram. I don't know if anyone cares about Facebook anymore. I sure <laughs> don't. Know.
3: Who even knows? I don't even know how to work any of this stuff Twitter, anymore.
1: You mean, uh, you mean the metaverse? You're not joining yeah. sure that.
2: I think, I think I have a Twitter. If you find it, you're lucky. I don't know. I don't use it. So, but yeah.
1: Awesome. Well, obviously stay tuned for, uh, for Star Set News and we'll have links below in the description. Check out everything. Um, and yeah, looking forward to to catching you guys again real soon.
0: I, I'm, I'm going on record as like saying that. that Woo, that yes. Thank you
3: for wearing our t-shirt.
0: Well, I not only appreciate that, but I, I think that there's going to be a time where I'm going to be saying, I told you so, that it's going to be like the next, the next tour will really be, because you guys have such production now it makes no sense to me how you can't figure out the ROI and maybe even developing your own continuation of this, you know, Hey, let's go film ourselves. Let's do 10 different shows. Let's have it randomly go to different songs. So everybody has a different set. Maybe they can even vote on the set and Dustin will perfect this and you guys won't ever have to leave. And you will sit on the the couch. If there's
2: ever a person to do it, it would be, (coughs) I would just need to figure out exactly what that, I'm that. waiting.
3: <laughs> <laughs> You'll be doing all the logistics for it, yeah. figuring out how it works in reality.
2: My my back of my brain's exploding and terrified. My front of my brain's like, let's
0: do it. <laughs> you're going to get right off, and you're going to be like, Google ABBA. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm gonna look into ABBA. That is interesting. You, should, you really That's should. Great. You really should. Well, they're, they're they're interesting in this how like ubiquitous they were at a time mm-hmm. when people weren't doing that. So, as far as marketing is concerned, they really are like one of the greatest archetypes of history. And Definitely. this is just a continuation of why they they are the best. Well, Hundred million I've heard plus. Of
2: ABBA, but I did not know that about them, so I'm going to do my research now. Thank you, thank you,
3: Benny. And ladies, with and that, that said, you've been 2020. Thank you so much to my dear friend Ron Dechant my star Thank set partner aficionado of everything Ben holding up our poster. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. We learned so much. I'm so excited for everyone to hear these episodes. And for me, I learned a lot. It's so great to get to know you on a different level, virtually, even though we're kind of in the same place.
0: <laughs> kind of. So
3: thanks. Yeah. Th- thanks yeah. for joining us. No, it was appreciate awesome. You
0: guys having us. Thank you. Of course. Yes. Yeah. How many personalities are you?
3: Two
1: zero two zero dash D.com. We'll see you next time. Thank you, as always, for checking out this episode of 2020. Please visit 2020-D.com, like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. This week's throwback clip is from episode number 79 featuring Brock Richards of Starset. Check it out. <laughs> Brock, in the studio, what's your most combative experience when working on a project? Man, I don't know. Probably working with Siobhan.
0: Yeah. Does <laughs> she ever go, like, you're playing in the wrong mode? You should have listened to your first teacher that first lesson. It's in the wrong mode. I mean, mode. in that case, and like people yell, like, so
2: I'll like be in here, like jamming, like doing whatever to whatever Spotify song I have playing.
3: And I'll hear her yell across the house, that was the wrong note. I'm like, fuck you, man. Like. <laughs>